Hi, holy podcasterinos. We are back, baby. It's actually pretty sick to have returned to the world of podcasting. I hope that your month of August was as beautiful as mine was. Uh, that involved lots of Guinness drinking, sunburn, and Galway. It's class. Galway's like, man, it's like what I imagine San Francisco was like in the 70s when they got acid, but it's also really wet all the time. So I don't know if that's a plus or a minus. But anyway, this week I have an interview for you with the Irish artist Sean O'Rourke. Sean O'Rourke is originally from Dublin's inner city. He makes a lot of work around working class culture and Irish culture. And in this podcast, we talk about Sean's work. We talk about being sketchy young fellows. We talk about what art means, what it can do, what Sean and I have learned in martial arts about growing up and about feeling confident in yourself as an artist and as a person. And we try and figure out what creating art is about, what it can do for people, what it can do for you. And if you're interested in creativity, young men, and personal development, this will be one that certainly pricks up your ears. So without further ado, here's the podcast. Boom! Sean O'Rourke, welcome to the podcast, brother. It's good to see you. Long time listener, first time caller. I'd seen through Goblin Skateboarding and uh, I think Philly Halton, the youth's piece that you'd done, which was like always stuck out to me, particularly because of the Columbia jacket in it. I was like, you don't really see Columbia jackets like that anymore. That's it's actually Helly Hansen. I'm looking oh, at the of it right now. Oh, yeah, yeah. Safe. Got it wrong, man. That's me projecting onto the painting my own <laughs> but um, uh, they're all the same aren't they same style <laughs> same kind of but i guess what i wanted to know was what the story is behind that painting well to, to really to get into i need to go back to uh, my final year in college um when i was in my final year in college i really wanted to make work that reflected my own individuality and my own interests and i i, I was always uh, interest in this like raw aesthetic that you get from inner city Dublin um, so I would uh, go around the streets just taking photos of anything that I found interesting and then I started narrowing my search down to flat blocks um, in particular Dolphin House and Trees' Gardens because they're the closest to my home and around that time they were being getting ready for uh, demolition because of the gentrification of the area and when I went in there like the thing that interests me the most was the metal plates on the window because they all had their own individuality, yet they conformed to the environment as a whole. And I found that very interesting. And uh, it may, like, even the fact that I was going after this aesthetic, uh, I found it interesting because when I was younger in my teens, I would gravitate towards flat blocks unconsciously going after that aesthetic, but in a, in a different way. Now I'm going after it consciously as an artist, you know? Mm -hmm. So that was something that uh, 
I was really interested in that side for the conceptual side of things. You know, it was almost like my own analysis on myself and the people that I used to hang around. And yeah, I found out then going into the flat blocks that they're actually being demolished. Uh, uh, yeah, I found out that out after, you know, going in a few times, taking photos of the, the windows and stuff. And one day I went in, all the borders on the windows were taken off and it was getting ready for demolition. And I, 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 I was very interested in the plates, so I knew I had to get my hands on them. And I knew the plates could be used in this way about looking at them like as a aesthetic and then on top of it, like the conceptual side as like, you know, facade, the word facade, where it's like, you know, you could use a facade in an architectural sense where the, the exterior or you could use it in a kind of more uh, psychological sense in terms of like the facades we put up, like, you know, our persona that we project outwards. Mm. And I thought this was very interesting. And when I was, you know, I, I realized the flats weren't going to be there anymore. So I went in every day, just documented all the time, collecting metal sheets, you know, getting, also having to deal with the fucking council to get the sheets <laughs> yeah, right. was another thing. Because the council doesn't have a fucking clue about art. Most of Ireland don't have a fucking clue about art. <laughs> but yeah. uh, the majority, unfortunately... <laughs> I blame secondary school art education for that. But anyway, that's a different, that, that's a separate story <laughs> yeah, there. But, um, <laughs> but um, uh, yeah, I basically would go and ask, you know, how do I get, do you have a name of someone that I can get these sheets off? And they're like, what do you need them for? I'm like, I need it for, you know, I'm going to paint on them. It's like, what do you mean you're going to paint on them? I mean, like, I'm going to make art out of them. What do you mean you're going to make art out of them? They're looking at me like I have two heads. Yeah. So I eventually worked my way up to Dublin City Council hierarchy to ask them. They're like, yeah, you can take three, you can take a plate. And then I, I took five. And then, uh, <laughs> and then I went down to Trees' Gardens and they were just like, take as many as you want, you know, because they're all getting buried under the rubble. So it just shows you. But anyway, um, yeah, I found that the plates very interesting. And also as well, even going in and seeing the flat block being stripped down, like, you know, getting ready for demolition, it's like it was left as this kind of shell, you know? Mm. And I guess I, I, I was kind of projecting onto it in terms of like, you know, this idea of an ego, you know, yeah. where it's like, it like, I, like this rough exterior, this block is almost like the kind of facade that we project outwards. And then when I was watching the demolition take place, it was like the, the rough exterior is cracked open. The facade begins to fall. And then next minute you see this bright interior of the, the inside of the flats, you know, mm. it's very family oriented, very humane. And you're like, oh, that's that's like people from these areas, you know, and myself in a way, it's like you put up this facade to compensate for feelings of insecurities. But on the inside, you know, there's all these positive emotions, you know? Mm. So I was like, oh, that's very, that's very interesting. So I made a triptych, a triptych is uh, three paintings as one single piece because I liked the idea of narrative. And I was looking a lot into Francis Bacon's work at the time, especially a painting, his uh, 1965 crucifixion painting. And I basically modeled it after that. And the idea of the crucifixion, you know, a death and rebirth. I was looking yeah. at the death of the ego and the rebirth of something yeah. new. So I, I had these ideas, but it was kind of lost because I was a little bit shy to put this out because it was very personal, especially at a degree show. Mm -hmm. And so I just left it as like, you know, it's commemorating the flats, whatever. And left that other side of it 
you know, it almost seemed too far out there. You know, it's very like, you know, you're proje- I was projecting a lot onto the flats and I'm not sure would everyone get what I meant. So I was like, I, I went after that in a very indirect way. So I was like, how could I come at this in a more direct way? And around that time that I was doing that project, I found this old photo myself with two of my good friends from Charlemagne Street Flats. And there was like me in the center, you know, hood up general pose. <laughs> yeah, and um, yeah, actually, actually, if you need a good uh, photo for the for the intro, I have you one. use that one. <laughs> no, no, I have an yeah. even better one. It did like, yeah. <laughs> I show it to you afterwards. I bought. Yeah, but then I also found a photo myself with my parents um, yeah. as a baby. And it was a similar composition, which I found very interesting. Yeah. And the two poses were very different, you know, is like one is done in a very conscious manner. So you're putting up this persona, you know, you want to be seen as a hard man because I, when you're older, you're very aware of what people perceive you as, you know, yeah. but as a child, you're not aware of other people's perceptions. So you just come off as you feel. Mm-hmm. And in the one of me as a child, I was almost a little bit startled, perhaps by the cameraman or anxious. Mm-hmm. And I thought this was very interesting, you know, it's like, mm-hmm two different groups as you get older you're more putting up this facade and then also as well in terms of like you know your your social groups like ones with your family you're a different person around your family than you are with your friends and the plate really encapsulates the the physical environment that you're born into you know so I found that very interesting and that's what I was really going after in that piece Mm -hmm. And uh, later on, actually, I ended up turning the dip. T- that was a diptych, so two pieces as one piece. And I ended up um, changing it into a triptych because I was um, asked to exhibit at the International Journal for Art and Design and Education. Mm-hmm. And I, I painted a picture of myself, my college tutor, Chris McGuire. And it's actually, he was my final year tutor. And I picked him just because he, he had lovely photo- photographs. And I only I went after the flats and document the flats and I didn't even realize he only only after I showed him all that work, he was like, Did you know that I, I documented Fatima coming down? And he showed me a photo. See the middle the 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 middle of the triptych. He showed me a photo that he took of Fatima, exact same angle of Fatima, just like the exact same. And it was just so trippy, like you know. Yeah. But uh yeah, that's really cool. Yeah, but he, he, was a, he was a big influence on me because, uh, you know, he lives a few doors down from me in, in, in Fatima, you know. And, uh, you know, it's, it's, it's very rare to have someone from that working class background in our college, you know. So, uh, yeah, it was good to have him around. He influenced me a lot. Uh, so I taught, like, Roy. And also education, like me going into education, especially art education, it just taught, like, I've... I didn't appreciate secondary school education because it's more so it's like, remember these things, get past the leaving sir. It's not in, interested. They don't teach you to be like, be curious, think yeah. about things yourself, you know. But once I went to art college, I realized the value of education because it opened up my own curiosity. What am I interested in, you know, especially art education. Art education is just at third level is completely different to any other. Like I'm doing my postgrad psychology at the moment. Mm-hmm. There, there's something there's something very interesting with art education you can say it's not academic i can agree with you there yeah. but at the same time like it op- it's allowing you to be yourself and following the things that you're interested in but i realized 
you know, how that influenced me as a person. So that's why I ab- added it to the diptych and created yeah. into a triptych. Mm-hmm. So it's like, you know, you got your family, your friends, your education, and then the backdrop of whatever environment you come from, all yeah. these things determine the person you ultimately become. So that was, that. Uh, this is something that I find very interesting because even with myself, like, you know, my parents are cool. Jeez, you know, I grew up in Dublin. I hung around flat blocks. I went to working class schools. And, you know, even hanging around the streets, you know, people will profile you. Like I, like I said to you earlier about, you know, guards will pull you over and arrest you just for having a Dublin accent and wearing a tracksuit. People will call you scumbags when you go up and ask for the time or in most cases, yeah. a smoke. Um, <laughs> but um, it's like, yeah, it, like that, Sorry, I'm going off point altogether. I've gone on multiple tangents. Bring us back. A, well, I mean, there's a lot of stuff in there. I mean, what you were touching on, like, there's a lot of self-awareness in what you're saying, which I think is really interesting because it's not something that, you know, oftentimes you think about like sketchy young fellas, you're out being a dope, just like getting in fights, getting in trouble, doing stuff. But then you're talking about this kind of lighter side of it as well, which I think is probably quite personal to you and to me as well in terms mm. of that even if you were putting up that facade and pretending to be somebody, pretending to be a hard man, there was another side to you that maybe wasn't seeing the light of day and wasn't getting a chance. And so I wonder, like, were you always creative? Did you always do creative things? Did that just come about for you later? Well, I was always creative. Um, I, I can remember what I said now, which is a very important point. So I jump back to that and go yeah. back to your question. But um, in terms of, yeah, again, like, you know, um, I, like, you know, I grew up in a working class environment, but my parents are coaches. So it wasn't like generation after generation of Dublin people living in tenements, you know, even though a lot of my friends would be that, you know. Mm-hmm. And I realized when people like I've, I've often got it from old friends from the past coming up and being like, you know, look what you did, you know, you could have been in prison, you could have done this, like, I could have went down a bad path, but at the same time, I had good parents, you know, yeah. but, like, a lot of people that I hung around, like, they, they didn't have that, you know, it was all right to go to jail, it was all right to do drugs, like, in my household, it wasn't that, so it wasn't me, it's like, we're all coming from different backgrounds, and the longer you're, you're stuck in the generation after generation of drug problems in jail and things like that, it's a lot harder to break. Now, there's a bit of me that, like, will have sympathy. Mm-hmm. Like, I do have a lot of sympathy for it, but then you, it's, it's weird. It's like a theoretical sympathy where it's like, I can <laughs> yeah. see why the reason you are, but then when I meet you on the street and you try to bottle me, I'm like, <laughs> you're, hey. You're probably not going to be like, oh, Sam, man, cheers. Man. <laughs> Appreciate it. Like, <laughs> no, but, uh, like it, it, is, it is our backgrounds. Like, everything... Yeah every factor in our lives makes us into who we are and like our parents and our parents parents and our biology and all these different things mm-hmm. so i'm very aware of that and that's why i'm very sympathetic because like yeah. you know even though there's some people that i might not want to deal with in terms of like you know i'm trying to get my own shit in order i can't be bring this into my life but i can be sympathetic in terms of like i understand the way you are and i feel like a lot of it's just society and if society gave you more chances uh you would be a like you would be better off you know and also as well like a lot of people have gotten this this critique as well when i said that from other friends of mine from better backgrounds where they're like yeah but look they could get educated you know there's there's systems in places like that's easy to say like you know but if, if you're not around like if there's no books in your home and no one's ever fucking even got past the leaving cert how the fuck are you meant to go to college i even noticed with my 
secondary school education, which wouldn't be the best compared to someone in a private school. There is that kind of feeling of inferiority in third level education, you know, especially then you come in and like you might not, you might be semi illiterate, you know, mm -hmm. and then you have to deal with that. And people are thinking you're stupid. And even before you even fucking say anything necessarily could be yeah. regarded as stupid. It's like and they the hear your accent. Notions, I suppose. And that's where something like what you talked about with your mentor, Christopher, would really come in handy as somebody that is from a similar background, but can kind of help you into that world. Because I mean, the art world, as far as I understand, it, is pretty like, you know, it can be quite niche or it can be quite, I don't know, maybe a bit of a click. Like it's hard to kind of just jump into it if you're not from there. And like, I never would have, me as a writer and stuff like that, like I felt so weird trying to be involved in like writer circles and stuff. I was much more used to like, I don't know, maybe more, a rougher background but not that kind of creative world it was always just like, mm. you know it wasn't normal to me at all mm. um so getting into it was kind of a long process and i wonder like when you were in college did you just jump from your secondary school into college or did you have you know did you have to think about that were you like what the fuck am I doing? Am I going to go be an artist? No, it's, it's actually quite, it's, yeah, it's quite funny. I, I used to yeah. have to do extra English because I'm like severely dyslexic. And in that, like most of the time was just taking the piss until we got like a good teacher. And then she was <laughs> yeah. like, right, you have to, you have to research what college you're going to. And I was just like, you know, real stuck. I was like, the only thing I'm good at is art. So I just typed in art college. The first thing that came up was NCD. I'm like, I'm going there. But <laughs> yeah. I didn't even fully mean it. I was just like, right, you told me to look at something. There yeah, you go. Yeah. That's what I'm going to do. Yeah. And uh, yeah, I was like in, in school, like, you know, I just got disinterested in it where it was like, you know, in terms of like, I went to two different schools. I went to Sing Street and then I went to Larkin. And, and you know, in, in Larkin, I kept my head down just because I didn't know anyone. Everyone was calling me fucking posh, man. It's like, <laughs> man, I'm from fucking Rialto. What are you talking about? Like, you know, they're like, where's that somewhere posh, is it? And I'm like, here. <laughs> what <are> you <laughs> and then, like, Once I went to Sing Street, I just fitted in normally, you know, because yeah. everyone knows everyone around there, you know. But in terms of, like, the, the education that I received, it was like, and uh, I, do, I want to be careful here because both schools were very good to me, but uh, <laughs> more so it's like, you know, because you're not, you're not getting mouthy with people and you kind of keep your head down. It's like in teacher parent meetings, it's like, oh, he's a good student. And then I got out and I was like, man, I'm semi-illiterate, you know, that way. It was like, oh, yeah, I was severely dyslexic. And uh, the, the, there was an art teacher there, two art teachers, and they, they stepped back with me to do a portfolio. I can remember reading the NCD portfolio and it's just too weird for me back then. I was like, this is weird. I'm not doing that. Yeah. So I went to Ballyferma, which was a PLC. Mm -hmm. I got in there and as soon as you get in there, like it's a different experience from going from you're the best at drawing in your class when no one can draw and then getting in there and you're the worst. Yeah. I remember, oh, Jay's knocking my phone over. But um, mm -hmm. yeah, you get in there into like our college and everyone's much better than you and i realized man i'm shit you know <laughs> i'm <laughs> fucking i'm terrible and then on top of that like i'd be i'd be talking i'd be a very shy person you know especially around people from different backgrounds and stuff and i can remember this little shit man he used to everything i'd say he put on a dublin accent and repeat it you know and he just and it, and you didn't bother. No, no, this this, this, this was uh this was Bally this was Bally Firm at the, uh, the PLC Bally Firm. <laughs> and uh 
Yeah, he, he, like he, he, I can remember he used to come up behind me when I was drawing and my drawings would be shit. He was telling the truth, but he got shit like that. And I was just like, I show you because at the time I was training a lot of jujitsu, you know? And like with jujitsu, especially like I, I went from getting like entering Sing Street and getting absolutely battered, probably best <laughs> education I ever got, like battered, yeah. like, yeah. and then realizing, oh shit, I can't fight. So I got into jujitsu just to be able to defend myself. Yeah. And within a year, like I'm in this little scrawny 16 year old and like big bodybuilders are coming into the gym and you're tapping them and you don't see them again because they're just humiliated. Yeah. And it's like, what I realized there is like, I'm not physically gifted. I'm just willing to put in the time. And that's the way I looked at the art. I was just like, right, yeah. I'm going to just go for it. Just get better. Show up to all the classes. Make sure, like, there's a life drawing class where you draw people in the nip. It's yeah. like, that's probably one of the hardest classes because it's just, especially when you're not good at it at first, it's just so difficult, you know, because you're drawn, your drawings are turning out shit and you're there for fucking three hours, like, and your hands hurting and all yeah. this, like, and um yeah i used to just show up to that all the time just got better and better and better and then uh yeah i went to ncd and the same guy who fucking called me shit and used to slag me came up to me at my degree show because like i sold my pieces i won this prestigious award yeah. and he's like it works amazing i was like thanks you fucking little shit you <laughs> fucking time but that's really interesting some- i mean you're talking about work ethic there and about the influence about influence of parents that have i mean it's just an assumption but hey if your parents are from the country are they were more would they have been more inclined to have that work ethic do you think that's something you got from them or is it Um, you just had to pick up on the way uh i I don't think my parents are pretty chill man to tell the truth like (laughs) you know they're they're not they're not yeah, I'm more, I'm probably much more ambitious than them, but they gave me a good life to allow me to be able to pursue a lot of these things, you know, and not, like, I didn't come from, like, money or anything, but, like, they never, ever, like, made me feel like, you know, you, you were poor necessarily, like, you know, yeah. it, it was more so other people make me feel that way, but, like, did they never, like, they'd always, like, if I want to do martial arts, they're just, like, back in the day they're like here's some money for training or like they they were very generous like that and they allowed me to you know pursue these things you know mm-hmm. which I can appreciate like uh, they never complained being like oh that's too much money or whatever they just yeah. they were like even though we didn't necessarily have it they'd always put that stuff aside for them types of things you know mm-hmm. but um yeah, I, I tell you the truth most of my ambition probably comes from listening to old school Joe Rogan podcast man I'm an OG <laughs> Uh, I know he's um, a bit controversial too, nowadays, man. <laughs> I, I was listening to him back in the flat smoking joints, right? Man, and we'd be listening to him talking about smoking DMT, right? <laughs> and I turned to Alan Byrne, I was like, what's he talking about? Alan was like, is he talking about smoking crack, is he? And I was like, yeah, I think he smokes crack, man. We thought he was talking, we didn't know what yeah. DMT was, yeah. but like, it was just funny being like, Here's a guy, in fairness, he was. I went back and listened to some of them podcasts, man. He yeah. does not go on like he's 40 years old in them podcasts, man. <laughs> yeah. He goes on like he's 16. But the whole thing was like, like uh, just hearing someone who's like, right, I wanted to be a comedian and I pursued that, you know, and I yeah. ended up making it happen and work ethic and all that and just having a better life from that, pursuing things that you're interested in. Yeah. That's what resonated with me. Mm-hmm. And there was no one around me like that. Everyone around me was either like, 
you know, like just selling drugs or fucking fucking around or like even just the, the people who are meant to be like, you know, doing well, we're just like in normal, stable jobs. Like the best thing you yeah. could hope for is a job in the fucking civil service, you know? Yeah, the arts so is like, like way out there, man. I kind of was the same way. Like I didn't really, I mean, my dad is a writer and that was the only basis I had. Like he's not, he's he writes screenplays and has done well out. But this was like when he was like in his late forties, fifties, he kind of started doing it. But I didn't know anybody that was like a creative professionally. Like in Ireland, that seemed, and I mean, Ireland's a creative enough place, but I just feel like it was so far from my mind as a young fella that it was like almost like coming out as gay or something. When you were telling people, you're like, I want to be an artist. <laughs> you're like, everybody's like, what, what do you mean? Like, this is kind of. Yeah. yeah. Again, I think a... it comes down to the, the education system because mm. don't get me wrong. Like, mm-hmm. like in the creative scene in Ireland, like we're, pretty amazing i think we just think, lack yeah. confidence like yeah. you know that's the only thing and also we're, we're such a small nation but the reason it's so hard to make a profession within ireland is just because people don't care like you know they don't understand that we're still in this mode of like to be in like good art is like i'm gonna draw this horse and if it looks like a horse it's good it's a good <laughs> art you know and it's no it's like i even like you know talk to people or secondary school teachers about this it's like i try to like we shouldn't be teaching art in school. We should be teaching creativity because like if you teach, look at the amount, not, fuck all people from art, like who does art in school going to art college. Mm-hmm. So why are you teaching that skill that they get good at and then it's no use to them in the future? Well, you could teach them what creativity is, you know? Mm-hmm. And then that can play into sports, entrepreneurship, whatever the fuck they want to go after, you know? That plays into every aspect of life. If you want to be a scientist, whatever, you know? Mm-hmm. You need to be able to visualize these things and imagine them. And just straight up drawing is like, you know, it doesn't make like, you know, like it's it's a good skill to have. Don't get me. I, I'm, I'm very into the technical side of art, but and I appreciate the craft of it. But I think the, the creative side is more important well, because it plays of, into more aspects. Yeah, it reminds me of what you were saying there. Sorry to cut across you about the, the metaphor of the flats as like the facade on the outside and then on the inside, the kind of, the more, I suppose, the hidden things about it, the homes, the more private stuff, the families, and how it seems like that your training in art allows you to kind of figure that out about yourself in a way and about maybe the people in your community or the people that are like you and even like myself. It kind of gives you a different way of looking at your situation, which maybe you don't have if you're not creative. Because, I mean, there was probably lots of people that could have looked at those flats and just gone, ah, yeah, it's fucked. They're, they're in bits like they wouldn't see the same kind of thing do you think the art training has trained you to see things that way i i, I th- like i think i am a little bit naturally creative in ways because just like my thoughts and things that i think are funny are not normal <laughs> yeah. to, to like i'd say jokes and people are like what the fuck you know <laughs> like I think differently obviously but at the same time I did like looking at like the kind of art that I made in secondary school. And then once I went to college mm. and, and understanding that, like the, the big, this is what I was saying about art college is completely different to any other kind of like degree you might get. Because for instance, if you ask a tutor, if you're doing a science degree, like what do I need to do? And they tell you everything. You follow that step by step. You're going to get an A, right? Yeah. In art college, the amount of people that followed everything the tutor said and they got a C and they're really <laughs> pissed off 
and yeah. I never listened to a fucking word anyone said. <laughs> and I got an A, so you know. That's <laughs> so true, man. That like it's hard to teach. That's the other big problem, man. It's hard to teach people to be artists. I mean, there's an interesting thing called the the male criminality curve. So it's the curve in terms of when young men commit the most crimes. That's between the ages of 16 to 25. And that's mm. also when young men are most creative. It's also when creativity is maximized in young lads. And then after that, it kind of flattens out. But there's an interesting... After the, that, they fucking die of a heroin over those walks. Yeah, you're already in jail. But like, that's another thing. I mean, you can lock... A lot of young men get locked up until they're like 25, 26. Testosterone's eased off, so they're less likely to commit crimes and compete with each other. Mm. But also, it's a big part of the criminality, I think, of me when I was younger and they getting in trouble and not following the rules was the creativity. Like all my mates, mm. we were always laughing and joking about things. We were always like, you know, testing each other. You were always trying to like, you know, always trying to make something. It wasn't like a painting or a poem or like a mm. play or something, but there was a real creativity to the getting in trouble. I wonder, is that mm. something you've ever noticed or do you ever relate to I, I think the funny thing is like, you know, I was creative, wasn't creative when I was younger. Like, again, I thought differently about things, but at the same time, like I might have lacked the kind of, you know, mm-hmm. you know, the, the proper framework for thinking about things. And I might have even lacked the, the skill wise to create these things. But I think going back to young men and stuff like that and creativity, I, like that's what I, I noticed about graffiti. It's like graffiti was best of both worlds where it's like you're getting that sense of adventure and then also as well, you're, you're, you're doing a creative thing, you know? So you're doing two of them things. So it was kind of fulfilling both of these things. I can remember the amount of times like you get arrested and, or someone catches you and they're like, keep it on the canvas. It's like, why don't you do this on the canvas? Like that's fucking boring, man. It's only now. Like I, man, most of my stories come from my teens. Like I'm a fucking dry shite now. All I do is spend (laughs) all my day in the studio. But when you're a young lad, you want to, you you know, you want to be excited by things. And like, like the whole thing is like creativity. I don't think like, right, well, you know, creativity is this one thing. Like if we got young men more into creativity, then, you know, the problems will stop, you know, they might, yeah. they might even get better at robbing things, you never know. <laughs> it was actually, it was funny in a, in a, in a, in a, a criminology module that I was doing, they're talking about how creative uh, car robbers are, you know, yeah. in terms of ways that they can hotwire yeah. things and stuff. Yeah. No, that just came to mind there. I just <laughs> yeah. thought I'd mention it. But in terms of like, I don't think like art or necessarily like, I think creativity is very important, but yeah. in terms of the art sense, I don't think, Again, we're using them interchangeably because of our society, but um, not everyone fits into the art side of things in that sort of creativity, you know? But I think for young men in particular, I taught this a lot, but I think they all should do some sort of martial arts because, like, you know, it's like getting that... It's another yeah. kind of art, isn't it? Like, it's a big part. Yeah, it of- is, but it's not look. Even though it's in the <laughs> yeah. name, people don't look at it that way. But again, it's creative, you know, depending on you. It's your own, you're expressing your own individuality between what you're interested in, your, bo- your body size, your coach, your environment, your training partners. All these will form your game. But going back to the reason why is like, I feel like, now not every young man, but I think majority mm-hmm. will have this kind of, you know, especially at that age, like hormones are going crazy. You don't know how to control. If you just leave them with nothing to do, they're going to get in trouble. 
But you come into an environment where you learn discipline, respect, all these things that martial arts give you. And at the end of the day, you can have a fucking knock at the end of class, like, you know, <laughs> yeah. and it's, well, that's it's true. socially it energy, acceptable. Yeah. Yeah. You know, it gets it out when that, at that, you're bollocks. Like, the amount of times I trained and something that come up, either someone says something to me or mm. something that would normally stress me out, and I'm just after training, I was like, ah, don't care. Yeah. I don't care at all, you yeah. know? And it absorbs all your energy. Like, I find it's really interesting that you mentioned graffiti because that was a big thing for me as well. I mean, going out, like, tagging and even just like in school, instead of paying attention, you just be writing like hash on your notebook or just loads of shit. It's just like, was that your tag? Was it a hash? A hash? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I was, what I a great tag. I actually, I invented that. But um, <laughs> yeah, I remember my teacher actually rang my, my mom being like, uh, he, he's like, he's, he's writing hash on all his notebooks. And they called me in being like, you know, are you on drugs? And I was like, I don't actually know what it means. Somebody's older brother just told me about this thing called hash. I've just been writing it everywhere. I was so fucking clueless. Like, but boy, um, what age were you? This was in like fifth class, maybe. Fifth class, Jesus awesome. man, you were into the game early, man. I but, only uh, got into graffiti in first year. Hadn't, hadn't even smoked a fag, but um, I like, yeah, it was just I don't know anything that was dangerous or was like you know risky and would make a name for you as well. I suppose you wanted to like go out and like get a bit of status, get a bit of fucking like you know get get a bit of attention or a bit of like if you were the mad cunt you were kind of the man and everybody you know looked up to you or like you know you'd impress the girls or whatever but i feel like you can channel that into other stuff like you can channel that into martial arts like being really good at martial arts even if you don't compete in it gives you that sense of confidence it gives you a sense of status and Mm. art can do that as well i mean being good at art people appreciate that people are like fuck that actually changed me or that like you know, that moved me in a way and you're like, right, shit, that's, there's a, there's a status to it, but there's also a kind of like a position for it. You know what I mean? You can be somebody who does that. And mm. I guess as a young fella, how do you communicate that to young fellas? Cause I didn't really, I mean, I was lucky that my dad was into martial arts. My dad was into writing and stuff. So I kind of got that from him, but if I didn't have that, I don't know what I would have done. Like I would have just kept getting in trouble or I would have just got a shit job. Like, it really is about that influence. Mm. Yeah, you have to have that there. Like, even for me, again, going back to my dad, my dad actually used to do it. Like, you never really properly got into it, but he used to play around with painting. And also, he used to be into karate back in the day, you know? And that's how I used to do Taekwondo first. And then I got battered. I was like, right, well, this doesn't really work, does it? And then around (laughs) that time, I was listening to Joe Rogan and stuff. And you're just like, oh, this jiu-jitsu thing seems like the bee's knees. I was doing kickboxing at the same time and I just had to pick what too much time was taken up. So I, that's another thing as well in terms of influence. Like my my PE coach brought me down to my jiu-jitsu gym. Oh, really? You know, he, yeah, he, we used to do judo and go to judo competitions in Sing Street. And then he was like, apparently there's a martial arts gym that does all different martial arts. And we went down to this judo class that were for kids. So all the first year, we were in fifth year, all the first year students be like training there. And the owner of the gym came up and was like, what you lads need is jujitsu. And I went down. It was just like really just like throwing you to the wolves. Like, yeah. there you go, spar. And it's just like, yeah. you don't know what's going on. But you knew that there was something there. Like it, it, the whole thing for me, it was like, do you know when someone chokes you or yeah. gets you an arm bar and you're like, I, I would have been fucked there. I yeah. want to do that to other people, you know? <laughs> yeah. And also 
like not do it to other people, but you get what I mean, being able to do something if I needed to do it, not going out causing. That's one thing I don't agree with with the MMA is like MMA nowadays, it's lost that kind of the, the essence of martial arts, whereas yeah. respect all yeah. these things. And that's, mm. it's gone, you notice it with boxing as well. Boxing, there's obviously some gyms are very respectful, but because it's regarded as a sport, it loses that aspect. And that's something that I really appreciate. But again, it's going back to, like, I don't care, men and women, right? It's like, if you're walking down the street and you feel like there's a threat of violence to you, you know, it's like everyone has that at some point in the back of their mind. And being able to be calm in that situation and being able to protect yourself. Now, in fairness, like, you could be a black belt in jujitsu and you can still get absolutely punched around, you know? You can be just very unlucky, you know, especially if you're dealing with multiple opponents, all that learn a few sprints as well get good at sprinting is a good thing as well but in terms of like you i think everyone should really train especially men but i think everyone should train because i think you know just to be able to protect yourself you know it's it's a vital thing and then having that there and just so you don't like it's one thing having status from art but it's another thing having status from like a martial art because like art at the end of the day you're 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 very respected in this niche kind of sub- subset of society but then on the other point is like being able to protect yourself like everyone can for that's 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 needed like that's a need you know yeah there's a lot man exactly what you're saying there but like another thing is the talking about the facade of strength with young men that they have this like you have to act like a hard man but you're probably not a hard man like if you were <laughs> a fucking like Henzo Gracie or some shit, you can wear like a pink fucking dressing gown and walk out in the street and not give a fuck. Like there's no, mm. there isn't need for that front all of the time because you actually have the necessary skills to deal with a threat or to deal with somebody attacking you. You know what mm. to do. So you don't need the kind of disguise of being a hard, dangerous man. You can be fucking doing whatever you want. Like what they say is it fucking, you have to be a lion to be a lamb. And that mm. somehow to be yourself, to be vulnerable and to be open and stuff actually involves being very dangerous. You have to first be able to be very dangerous to let that play yeah. out. Yeah, it's funny that you said that because like, um, uh, like if you look at someone like Jocko Willing, who who's a you know Navy SEAL, or like Henna yeah. uh, Gracie, it's like when they're talking, these, these are like animals, like they destroy you, you know, but they're the they come off as very respectful, things like that. And even when they're talking, they're like, if you get into a street fight, run. Like, mm. practice sprints, get out of there, you know? The only time you should fight, and it's why they, they say that jiu-jitsu is the best martial art to learn, is when you can't run, and that's when you grab, you know? And it's like, these aren't, you know, someone says something to them, and then, you know, they're getting into a fight because they're they have an insecure ego. Now, I'm very I, I can be very insecure myself. I'm not a perfect person, you know. But the more the more the, the better you get at that, the more you can just be like, Do you know what? I'm confident with myself and my abilities. The people that I know who are most insecure, they're always trying to start fights. Yeah. Like, and they're delusional. They're fucking delusional. Like, yeah. Yeah, like as well, like they're starting on me, and they kind of know that I'm too much of a nice guy to do anything. <laughs> And they're just doing it so it's like, oh, yeah, I put it up to him and he did nothing. It's like, here, what is this shit? You know, it's, it's like ego, isn't it? Really, it's all about like you're trying to flex on somebody or something like that. But any real martial artist that's done any training that can actually handle themselves 
knows that that's bullshit. Like you can get that kind mm. of like I've been in situations before where somebody's hit me or something. But like if I'm not in any actual danger and they're just being a fucking idiot, I'm like, all right, whatever. I'll get out of there. I'll move back. I'll walk away. I don't need to get my respect from that situation. I get my respect from lots of other situations. Like I've seen myself deal with loads of things, deal with people, deal with obstacles, take on challenges. So I don't need to fight some fucking drunk idiot in the street and mm. end up killing them. Or like if you hit somebody with a right hand, they hit their head on the curb and then they die. Mm. Like it's a risky business. But I think martial arts, like what you're talking about when it becomes sports, loses its way it loses and it's coming down to what we're saying here which is the art like jujitsu mm. is the jutsu is the art it's a japanese mm. that's what it means in japanese like i've mm. done a lot of japanese jujitsu and the art is about the individual the art is about like who you're becoming through the training rather than just learning to fight people you're learning to be a different type of person mm. you're learning to be a person that can tell the difference between a threat and not a threat and who's actually mm. capable of being secure enough in themselves to deal with these challenges. Yeah. And that process, I think, is something that you don't really get in many places. I don't know if you could get it as an artist. Maybe you can, but certainly as a martial artist, you can learn, you can become that person if you dedicate yourself to it. And it's not like, yeah. you know, it's different to competition, but it's, yeah. I, I was going to say you like I oh, now in fairness I have a confession here to make right yeah. basically I haven't been training jujitsu in the past fuck? three years because it, <laughs> in fairness I'm just I, I just take so much kind of uh, time to do anything yeah. and I had so much mental space that I just personally for myself I don't understand how people balance so much shit like I need yeah. one thing to focus on that's it you know yeah. but like that was something that was like right it's like you know, you came up and competed against someone and you lost, like, they destroyed you. And then you're like, right, how much work do I need to put in to beat this person? Mm. And then you're just like, do I really want to put that much work in or do I want to put that in a different area? But yeah. what I know, well, the reason I'm saying this is because what I've noticed in the three years I haven't trained, I've become more insecure, where I'm more yeah. likely to do the things that we're talking about in terms of, like, yeah. you know, put it up to someone, things like, I wish to say I was a perfect person, like, oh, I never fucking... Man, I, I, I'd snap, man. I, I wish I wish I wasn't. Well, not snap, but you get what I mean? Like, I, 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 I can get a bit mouthy with people and cause a lot of, <laughs> a lot of problems, like, you know? But, um, like, I noticed the more, the, the longer I've been away from it, the less relaxed you get, you know, the more you're on edge because you're, not, you're just not getting that out physically. And also, not only about martial arts, but, like, physical activities. I think we all, like, it's one thing being, like, oh, creativity is great for your mental health. It's, like, yeah. what's really good for your mental health is, like, training, releasing it, you know? Yeah. It's, like, we come, we have the same brain as we did for fucking millions of years. It's, like, yeah. you need to, you need physical activity just to get that out of you. Like, we're not used to sitting down at a computer all day or sitting in a chair. We should be moving, you know, yeah. and just trying to fit in that time. Even for myself, like, I don't, I'm not like this athletic freak or anything, but I just try to train a few days a week just to help my mental health and help, like, and it's better for my creativity if I'm just in the studio. Now, in fairness, I'm coming up to deadlines now, so I haven't been getting much training in, but, yeah. like, I noticed that, you know, it's like it affects your sleep, it affects everything else, and then you're you're more cranky. You might say something to someone that then you regret, and, you know, it's like all these things. So I think we all should, like, either you know, do so, we need to do some sort of physical activity and especially if you're a male, get into the martial arts uh, aspect of it 
Yeah. Or be like uh, the the who's the guy who wrote the book of the five ring? Uh, Miyamoto Musashi. Musashi, yeah, be I like him. Musashi. He 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 uh, <laughs> he he was a, a painter and a samurai at the same time. Right. And he killed. I, I bet you I'm a bit. In combat. He's a better martial artist, boy. I bet you I'm a better painter, man. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we don't have, we don't have many of his paintings. Yeah, man. Well, that's like I mean the. The martial arts, I still train in Muay Thai, so I coach and train in a club in Belfast, uh, Fry PHI. I was meant to be competing in Muay Thai, but all this same situation with yourself, like all this shit's gone on. I've been training, like I got ready for a couple of fights, lost like loads of weight, fight was cancelled, had to fucking start all over again. And now I'm at a point where I'm like, I need to be an artist, like I need to get, you know, mm. to make money writing and to make a career out of it and focus on that. And it's a difficult trade-off because if martial arts made you feel comfortable in yourself to a certain extent, uh, if you lose that, you know, how do you feel like you're, you know, are you always going to be unhappy with that area of your life? I often think... I, I did, did, sorry? Sorry, go ahead. I was going to say the thing though in reality is like you're looking for perfection and that's not realistic. It's like mm -hmm. for anything I'm doing, like I'm going, I'm doing my post-graduate uh, studies at ucd and psychology at the moment mm. hits of september 13th like i'm not thinking about art it would drive me crazy like last year i was trying to do both and it's just too hard to do it's like focus on one thing i think if you want to get good at anything take chunks of time yeah. out of years like over the course of years being like mm. i'm going to dedicate three years to this three years to that and you know it, like you might not always be able to plan it out but it's like yeah. You have to weigh things up, like, you know, in terms of, like, what's more important. If you try to fit everything in, like, obviously, there is some people that can do that fair play to them, but I'm just not one of them people. So I need to prioritize things. And it's funny because, like, some people are uh, very, they're not good at seeing other people's point of view. Like, there be lads that I train with, it's like, don't understand why, like, it's like, why aren't you training jiu-jitsu? It's like, get down jiu-jitsu. It's like, you don't understand. It's like, the, the feeling you have for jiu-jitsu is the feeling that I have for art. Now, I do love jiu-jitsu, but I love art more. Mm -hmm. And it's like, then and there's also these other aspects in my life that I'm interested in that I want to dedicate time to. There's academic things that I want to dedicate time to. And it's just like trying to balance it all. It's like you'd end up just shit at everything. It's like, do you want, <laughs> you want, not saying that you have to be the best at everything, yeah. but it's like, you need some sort of balance. Like, you know, like yeah. I'm a purple belt in jujitsu, but I don't think I'm a very good purple belt because I don't even look at the belt thing or like even degrees. Like, oh, you have a fucking postgrad psychology. That doesn't mean anything if you can't tell someone about the subject or be yeah. good at it. You know, it's yeah. like you need to respect the craft of whatever you're doing and put the time into it, you know? And, and uh, exactly. like, yeah, Sorry. yeah, go. Yeah, like in terms of doing that, whatever the time is, there's a right thing to be doing at that time, mm. you know, and trying to get, I always struggle with that, man, because like even with martial arts and stuff, like you get rusty quick and you lose the form and you get, you know, you come back in and people are beating you up. And I always feel like it's hard to, hard to progress in everything, but also very difficult to sacrifice things that you love. Mm. you actually have to and when i think about being a young fella and getting in trouble and stuff like i felt like that's what i was supposed to be doing at that time like i didn't feel like mm. i wasn't like oh this is a bad idea i was like this is class i should definitely mm. be doing this all except when you get arrested or something you're like oh shit i should stop doing this for a month or two and then you, it just it felt like what i was supposed to be doing at the time and mm. then martial arts is very much for the last while of my life what i was supposed to be doing now i feel like the art is more important 
And I guess I think it what you were saying is correct that in terms of that you have to kind of move with the times. You got to mm. stay kind of you can't get static about it. But I really struggle with that where I'm like I'm doing this and I have to stick at it and uh, do you know Josh Wade's came by any chance, do you? No, no, I don't. He wrote a book, The Art of Learning. Uh, he he was a chess prodigy when he was like young, like you know, into like he was twelve or some shit. Wow. But uh, and then he, he jumped over and uh, became world champion in Tai Chi push hands, and he jumped wow. ship again and went on to uh, he went on to open up a school with Marcelo Garcia, the world yeah. like world champion jiu jitsu, yeah. uh, what nine time champion I think he was. Uh, or seven, I'm not sure. I'm confused there. But um, like, and now he jumped again. Where he's he jumped into like the you know, the, you know, tutoring these entrepreneurs, mm-hmm. and then he jumped shift again to be like a wakeboarder or something. Mm-hmm. But it's like it's like you can just because you're not doing that now doesn't mean that you didn't learn lessons. Now there's still lessons to learn. It's not like your learning is done. Also, you will you're not going to be as good on the technical side or the physical side because you're not training, but there's mm-hmm. principles that you learn there that you can apply to other aspects. It's like mm-hmm. for jujitsu, the main thing that I learned there was like, right, if you just show up every day and try your best, it's like eventually over time, you're going to get better. And that was something that then I took on to my artwork, you know? Yeah. And then like, you know, and then with my art, it was like, right, what makes interest in art is your curiosity. And then, like, I went from just, like, wanting to paint pictures, like, going back to that mentality that majority of Irish society has, like, good art is a, a good picture, to then realising, like, oh, it's the conceptual side that make what the work is about that makes it interesting. And it went from, like, right, I'm interested in psychology, and then that's sociology, and then that's politics, and that's history. And it's just, like, it builds. It's like, right, then that's why I went back to do a postgrad psychology. So it's like, I'm learning something new. Now, I might not be the best at, like, jiu-jitsu or painting, but it's like, mm-hmm. if you can get moderately good, you know, especially with jiu-jitsu, all you need is enough to know how to defend yourself, and that's all I got into it for, you know? Mm-hmm. And, uh, yeah, if you can get all right at one or two or three things, it's like, then you're, you know, you can be yourself, you know, as long as them things are actual interest and you're not getting them in, into them for external reasons you know you're getting them into for your own curiosity and your own self then you're able to make art it's like even with your writing pretend if you just said i'm gonna just practice writing the craft of writing it's like mm. well then you're not gonna write anything fucking interesting because <laughs> you need you need you need experiences to write That's things such you know a good point man it's so funny when i did my ma like in college there'd be a lot of people that would come in they hadn't like they might be decent writers they might be good at spelling and grammar and stuff but they had no life experience at all so there was nothing that they could write about they'd gone from like school to a degree in creative writing to a master's in creative writing and they had great writing ability but nothing to say like no story mm. nothing no crazy shit i was like you'd actually be better off going out and getting arrested a couple of times than continuing to do this like you would here's have, a bit of gear smoke that there yeah smoke that, Come back get, to- get in this car let's go uh, it was just like they just lacked like there is that aspect of creativity that you have to know you know the wild side of things you have to know kind of where the edge is i've talked mm. about that recently with a guy that i did a podcast with a german guy like that the art kind of exists on the edge of what you know like what you're talking mm. about where you're figuring stuff out it's mm. a process of learning but that edge keeps moving so like once you figure something out you kind of have to go on to the next thing 
but you know what is the what you're developing is almost like an instrument it's like your artistic mm. mind or something yeah yeah you like again going back to like people i even notice in the course i'm doing it's no critique it's like mm. you know that's the way they were brought up but it's like they're very like they might be much brainier than i am and more yeah. academic but like you just kind of talk to them you're just like they're talking about the stress of the leave insert that caused them it's like what the fuck are you talking about i nearly <laughs> failed my leave and like that that was the least of my stress you know back in the day you know yeah. and like they, they you just get the sense that they have no real life experience like you said and it's like with in terms of what we're, that might be good for like you know in terms of like if you want to be a scientist or something maybe but like in terms of like or if we go down this very academic pursuit where you have to be dedicated to like the literature but like when it comes to just like what we're doing you need to be interested you need to make the work engage and if you're just a dry shy no one's ever gonna fucking engage with it. and also as well on the extreme side of things is like you could spend all day going on fucking mad holidays and fucking yeah. doing drugs here and yeah. doing this and that and never make any art and you, know? you do nothing the whole time yeah. well, I, you I'm can't be that way that. you need to be somewhere in the middle you know <laughs> well, i think even for myself with my art it's like that's uh something that i got uh, in a bit of conflict about in terms of mm. like I, the work a lot of my work is coming from me as an adolescent now that's like 10 years ago now you know mm. so it's like i feel like i'm just drawn from the past and then there was one one year where i just tried to do something new i spent like a year and a half on it and i just completely fell apart like I ended up not liking the work. Other people ended up not liking the work. And I realized like, this is not going to work. And you're after putting so much time into it. Now I learned a lot of stuff like about materials and stuff doing it, but there was that conflict. And then it just clicked with me about this idea of curiosity. It's like, just like, you don't need to go and hang around these areas anymore. Because like I said, I'm in the studio most of the time. Mm -hmm. It's like, you can just, you can come at this from a kind of like, theoretical or academic sense now i'm not an academic i'm not claiming to be academic i'm just using that word because that's what it is where Mm -hmm. like you know like i said it's like i'm going from my own experience hanging around these areas looking at behavior from a very subjective point of view and then it's like oh wait i can use psychology as a lens to examine this and it's like do you know what this actually relates to society and that's sociology and it's like right culture you're like you know critical theory or whatever and it's like politics that's a whole other realm which i tried to stay away from for so long because it's just such a messy area but it does relate as like history it creates politics and it's like all these things come together it's like if i can draw from a multitude of sources within these realms and be well read on them and also not only that but examine what's going on today and how that relates to the past yeah. i think i can make interesting work this way you know without me having to go off and get arrested or whatever <laughs> yeah. you know that's a what, bunch I mean, of prostitutes exactly <laughs> that. yeah, yeah. <laughs> trying to avoid it's no good for the art but um, yeah <laughs> no good just, for the man, relationship exa- exactly <laughs> have to get another studio but exactly what you're saying in that there comes a point where i guess even that kind of lifestyle becomes you know you move beyond it but then if that's what you're dealing with like if that's your material in a sense, it depends how you look at it. It's your perspective mm. on it, that whether it's exhaustible or can you see, you know, the universal in the particular? Can you see 
the full human story in, you know, your own individual life. I tend to think that's what art's about a lot of the time. Mm. It's like something that we can all see ourselves in, despite the fact that it's one person's life. You're like, holy shit, Mm. there must be something that's common to all of us that we're not aware of. And then we're like, yeah, it, need, it needs to connect, like, you know, it, like there has to be some sort of connection at some level, whether it's st- like, you know, visually or conceptually, like art should hit you at not like really good art, great art will hit you at multiple different levels. Yeah. But it's all right if it just hits you visually or whatever. It's like a connection. That's what you're looking for. Yeah. Now, in fairness, you have to realize, though, it's not it won't connect with everyone because some people even. I can remember someone who's fairly well established telling me to not go towards the working class side of things because a lot of my art focuses on working class because I'm talking about the background, the backdrop that I grew up in, you know, the people that I hung around with, you know, like even my dad is a mad fucking socialist. So like there's all these different elements that made me look at these things that I didn't realize when I was younger. It's only examining back on it that like, you know, the school I went to fucking Larkin Community College, like named after Jim Larkin, the fucking <laughs> yeah. socialist, you know. Yeah. It's like in the inner city of fucking North Dublin, and then like going to Sing Street, which is like bang on south side inner city, hang around Charlemagne Street flats, yeah. all these different things. I was like, this is who I am. And do you because you don't get where I'm coming from because you're a backdrop, you're saying that I shouldn't paint about, and it's just mm-hmm. like fair enough, it doesn't connect with you. You might it might even just connect on a visual point with them, but like I need to talk about these things because they're what's interesting to me. And I have to, you know, talk about what, what I'm feeling, what I feel like other people might be feeling, even though that might be wrong. I can't, I'm only guessing what other people are feeling unless they open up to me, you know, but um, yeah, like I don't think a lot of people, even going, going back to the whole college thing is like, you're in college and you tell someone a story from back in the day and their, their mouth's wide open. They have no, you know, they, they, don't, they don't understand the stuff. Like, I mean, my life is very innocent to other people. Like I said, like, you know, people who grew up generation after generation where they're witnessing yeah. crazy stuff. Like, even a friend of mine from, from the flats, he went, he's gone back <clears throat> to college to be a psychotherapist. And he was very intimidating because he didn't have a leaving cert or a junior cert or anything like that, you know. But he got in on his story alone. Yeah. It shows you how incredible his story is. Yeah. But he was real intimidating on the open day because, like, you know, you got all these people that are very academic, you know? Yeah. Mm. And I just said to him, like, here, man, these people haven't gone through what you've gone through. Like, the, 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 the stuff that you've gone through and you came through, you know, is like even, um, like, between, you know, drug psychosis and people coming down to your gaff and doing this and getting involved in this at an early age and all that. It's like, mm-hmm. they don't... You can actually understand these things. They're only coming at it from a theoretical point of view, you know. Mm-hmm. And like this particular person, they uh, they 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 got addicted to fucking benzos. And Jordan Peterson's there, fucking going over to Russia to get off a fucking clinical psychologist for years. Mm-hmm. Professor at Harvard. This fucker got off in fucking Tala <laughs> Hospital at the age of fifteen, like for fuck's sake, you know. Yeah, and he knew that awesome. was bad for him when he was taking it as yeah. well, like you know. Yeah. So it's like. All these different experiences, like that, that can translate into his work and stuff. But it's like he was intimidated then by, like, you know, these people, you know, this kind of fear of being inf- mm-hmm. inferior to other or subordinate to others, you know. And um, yeah, you, you, like your life and your background, you know, it's not to say to get into trouble and get these things because obviously you wouldn't want that for your own children, but it's like 
all these things make you into who you are and you should really embrace it. Not being schwa schwa, but at the same time, tell your story to the extent that you're comfortable telling it. And, you know, see how it plays into your work, especially, again, creative things and not even just creative things. If you're an entrepreneur or anything, how does these experience play into this, you know? Yeah, when the, I don't even think that was the question, was it? Was there even well, a question? I, I don't know. It's definitely <laughs> giving me a lot to think about. Anyway, <laughs> in terms of, I mean, what you're saying is quite brave in a sense that you have to believe in your own experience. And there's so much stuff that's fashionable nowadays and so much stuff that isn't that you almost, the temptation is to try and categorize yourself or to try and fit into some predefined box that some guy, like, like that guy at your art thing that comes up to you or whoever it was and goes, you know, this is, you know, you should stop doing that. You're not going to be successful if you do this. You should change yourself or you should change what you're doing. And we're always confronted with that constantly, like every on social media, on, you know, job applications everywhere. You're, there's like, it's like you might do better if you change who you are. And sometimes you have to change who you are. I mean, we're not fixed things, but also then what you're saying is that there's a power to embracing it is empowered to embracing those things about yourself that might not be particularly, you know, salient to some people, but that you, you've actually found that that's helped you and that it helps your art. Cause I have the same problem. I mean, my play that I'm doing waiting for the offo is about like two young fellas waiting for the offo on a Sunday morning. And it's like, uh, fucking, you know, that kind of environment of drugs and young lads and getting in trouble. And, we were told basically in a mentoring thing, it was like, you should swap them all for women. You know, nobody wants to watch a play about young lads Um, that it's not, you know, it's not popular at the moment. You shouldn't do that. And that's disheartening when you're like, you know, I think. Yeah. But at the same time, if you were writing about women, it's like you, you, like that's sometimes people ask me, it's like, why don't you talk about working fast women? It's like, I don't know their perspective. Like yeah. I, I'm only going off my perspective and the people that were very open with me to their own emotions around these times, you know. But for women, it's like I, I only be lying, you know. It's like, you know, it's like saying, um, write about like the experience of someone black in America during the fifties. It's like I don't fucking like <laughs> yeah. that's I didn't live through that. And also as well, if you wrote that, then someone else who what did live through that be like, what the fuck is he? <laughs> like, there must be some things that is historically right because you might research it, but like, yeah. there's a lot of things that are just like, it doesn't click, you know? I think you need to, again, embrace who you are and that way you find people like you, you know? Yeah. It's like, again, the Tim Ferriss thing, scratching your own itch, you know? That's really what you need to do. Mm-hmm. Also, again, another book that you mentioned on the podcast, The 22 Mutual Laws of Marketing. Yeah. It's like, open up your own category. No one's like you. So it's yeah. like, well, there's people like you in certain ways, but no one's exactly like you. So it's like, find the things that, and that's why, you, again, it is good to have multiple things you're interested in because that way it's like, if you're interested in one thing, there's loads of people out there like that. But if you're interested in very like things that other people don't see them connecting and then you see them connecting. It's like, that's, yeah. that's something new, you know, it's like, even for myself, it's like I'm studying psychology now. And then there's the art. There's, yeah. there's probably people out there that are interested in art and psychology. That's nothing, nothing new. Like you could go back to the surrealist, which is the reason I got into psychology in the first and art at the same time. Yeah. But it's like, it's that. And then my own experience growing up in a working class background, it's like, mm this all mesh together then yeah. creates 
something new, you know, and then also the more that I read about particular subjects and then also it's like the Irish perspective, you know, it's like you can be uh, like talk about art and, and also art's a very broad thing as well. Like art isn't always going back to most people think drawing or painting. Yep. loads of different things like I've, I've mad ideas for sculptures that i'm just looking for funding oh, for that i'm getting that's out sick. there that's that just comes from stuff that i read like you know i'd be reading a book by like a neurobiologist and like ideas be popping into my head i can remember someone asked me before being like where'd you get your ideas from and he thought i was gonna say like you know what well, <laughs> i'm like the shit is <laughs> <laughs> one day I was like uh, I'm becoming a person but Carl Rogers like the psychotherapist and he's yeah. like looking at me strange like I thought you were going to say something completely different like you know <laughs> now it is me wandering the streets as well but I'd be reading something and then I see a material and then I visualise that, that through what like you know a theory that I've been reading about and being uh, like trying to how does this make sense in my own head? You know, how can I make something interesting? Also as well, in a way, like I'm not meaning to do this because I'm really not qualified, but it's a teaching tool as well. It's like, I'm interested in something and I want to share it with others. And I'm an artist, so I'm going to share it visually. And through my own experiences, that's all getting filtered. And this is what you come out with. And you might look at it first and be like, what the fuck is this about? And then you read the statement. You're like, ah, I can see it's symbolism, you know? Yeah. And that it's so individual and unique to you. That's a really good point. Like that the, it's your man, Naval Ravikant says it as well, where he's like, you should be yourself because nobody can compete with that. Like you're mm. talking about adding things on, like when you add, you know, you have the art and then you have the martial arts and then you have the working class background and then you have Ireland, then you have the psychology. You're getting more and more individual. So you have less and less competition in it. Mm. Being more and more yourself. And I think for art, that's very much, the challenge that's the balance between being more and more yourself but also managing to appeal to other people yeah, yeah there's always this kind of conflict between this could be very true to me but maybe nobody gives a fuck and they're like this is fucking they're like what is this like it doesn't you know it feels i i, I sorry. oh sorry go ahead yeah no no i didn't mean to interrupt you it's just the little thing with zoom you know the little one second delay but um uh rejog my memory what did you just say there what did yeah you so just... like that you're juggling between i mean your individualness that you're like increasing and refining and that you're learning these more things and stuff but then to connect it to other people's as well because other people are doing that same process in their own way and i guess art is an interaction in a sense like somebody has to look at your painting and somebody has to yeah. be there to actually you know witness it or to watch the play or whatever it is so it's how do you connect that uniqueness of you to the uniqueness of everybody else? Yeah, I know. I know you're after jogging my memory there. <laughs> yeah. But uh, yeah, it's, it's like it, it is a weird balance because there's a bit of me is like, right, this is an internal thing for me. If someone came along and said, I don't like what you're doing, I'm not going to stop it because someone else doesn't like it. And again, with criticism and stuff like that, it's like. You know, you have to learn where when someone criticizes you, like you were saying about like, oh, the character should be women. It's like, where does that fit with you? If it hits something in you, then maybe they're right, you know. Yeah. But you you have to get very good at knowing yourself because if you don't know yourself, then you can be swayed anyway, you know. Yeah. But um obviously there's that thing of like, for instance, with me, it's like you know, a career in the arts is very hard, and you know, I know people are very good artists and they didn't never made it of a good financial living off it but there's a bit of me is like you know it's like 
I don't care in one sense. Like I'm a fatalist. I'm just gonna, <laughs> yeah. I'm gonna try to make things work. Yeah. But if if they don't work, you know, that's out of my control. You know, I'm just yeah. gonna go for it. You know, mm-hmm. but then there is a bit of me like when it comes to I don't care if you don't like it, but I do in a way because again, it's like if I was making work and it didn't connect with anyone. That's not what art is about. Art is yeah. about connection and engaging people. Now, it might not engage everyone, but like if it, it, especially the people you're trying to reach to, like, you know, for me personally, like if I can make a name for myself and it, maybe this is my ego t- talking, I don't know, but like if I can make a name for myself, not even for myself, I should classify. If, I, if my artwork is well known within the, the island of Ireland, right? <laughs> Like the whole thirty-two counties, huh? <laughs> but, uh, That's important. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, the like that's what's important to me, yeah. you know. Mm. That that's what's really important to me. Even if I don't make a full living off it, it's like if I can be not me, but my work, what yeah. my work stands for, can be remembered. Yeah. I don't care, you know. But then that relies on other people. Which is yeah, funny, you know, it's, it's like so yeah. strange, isn't it? Like, well, yeah, I totally get what you're saying and that you can't rely on it. So you, it's outside of your control. I always think of the guy that wrote Braveheart that uh, he said, like, during showings, of, like, he just wrote this movie and was like, all right, fuck it. It should be. He's like, this is grand. I'm sure it's decent. But then, like, when they started showing it to people, there was like these big, huge men with like tattoos and beards and all like coming up to him, crying their eyes out, being like, that was amazing. This like. You know, I've just never, you know, this has really hit something in me. And then he was like, this is what it's about. Like, this is kind of mm. to do that kind of impossible thing of like, you know, causing that change in people, that kind of magic that can happen. As I wonder, is there any art pieces for you that did that? Is there any pieces of work that struck you that you were like, fuck, this is what art is. This is what it's about. Well, to tell you the truth, the reason I got into art is because like, you know, like uh, I'd be looking at artists' work either in person or in mostly in prints of their work, you know, or online. Mm. And like this person's long dead, yet like you know they're they're making me feel something, you know, yeah. and they're they're bringing a sense of joy to my life and making me think, you know. Yeah. And I just found that amazing. It's like they're living on in a way, you know, yeah. like the, the, a certain sense of themselves is living on through their work. And yeah. I found that just amazing. Yeah. Like it might not live on forever because everything goes eventually, but like yeah. to like it's almost like imagine like for instance like your dad is like your dad's a good man, he dies, you tell your grandchildren, they tell yeah. and then you know it goes the story of your father will live on. It's like <laughs> yeah. it's like it's like that with art. It's like you make good art, you know, and it's like the story of that should be carried on, you know, for however long, depending on where you were able to get to it. Now there is good art that doesn't get the recognition that it deserves, you know, but I think if you do end up getting to that place and it gets carried on, like that's really important, you know, really, really important. I think it, again, it's going back to the Irish thing. It's like, if you could do that in your own country, that's most important to me. But no, in Ireland, you have to go somewhere else and then come back, do <laughs> yeah, somewhere else. Because then famous it's... in America and then come back. But exactly what you're saying, I mean, that kind of goes back to what we were saying before, which is this kind of thing of the different influences you can have that create you, like you reading Carl Rogers' book. Like Carl Rogers wrote that and he, he didn't write it specifically for one of us or for somebody, but he knew it was important to do. 
and then mm. people read it and are influenced by it. And he's kind of aiming at, so he's saying like, this is, you know, what I think it is. And this is how, you know, you should act or whatever, or this is what you should know. And that arc can carries that kind of message through time. Like you can come into contact with it or you see a painting or something like, I'm thinking of like Hieronymus Bosch, which I saw, which I was like, fuck, this is like so crazy, man. It makes you think about the mind of this other person. It connects you to something bigger than yourself. Mm. Something that like seems to go on across time from human beings, from like the first cave paintings to now, like the logos mm. or the spirit. And that even like young fellows from Dublin, like us can get involved in that somehow by making things like that's kind of how I think about it. you're contributing to like a tradition of art and yeah, you know, human experience. Yeah, you're building because like like we were talking about, there's no one like I think when we think about like oh he's a very creative like individual person, it's like no one's really an individual. All an individual is is like in terms of individuality now mm. is like right you just happen to grab a multitude of sources rather than from one source. And that's what creativity is. It's like the, the person who's uncreative, that is like going back to art, right? The person has who might be a good drawer, but a very uncreative will pick one source and mm. take from that. The person who's creative will take from multiple sources and knows how many sources he should and shouldn't use, you know, whether like visually or conceptually. Even when myself is like, you know, I find the image, I either take or find an image that I like paint it onto one of the plates the plates of like a, a material themselves taken from somewhere else yeah, and then there's all this conceptual stuff getting piled on on top and even like yeah like I, I always find that very interesting you know when you find like a academic or an artist either or yeah. but you find you find someone that you're interested in you're like who influenced them yeah, you know, yeah. I love looking at people's influences, and then you can track it back further and for, further. So it is like this collective unconscious, like this yeah. these archetypes yeah. building on top of one another, mm. and they're all going their own way. Like you know, yeah. it's like um, even the other night I was looking at, uh, do you know David Harvey? Do you? He's like a the 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 Marxist uh, ge uh professor. I don't know what college he's in, but um. I was just looking at his influence just out of curiosity and it's like yeah. he looked at Marx not as like a, a way of like you know economics but he looked at it as a way of like anal like analysis of society yeah. and then you look at other influences like oh he's influenced by Freud which you can see the link there you know and it's like very interesting going back and looking at people's sources yeah. being like ah, I can see why you're using this person mm -hmm. because that play like Freud will play off that and then you're looking at society because you're a geographer yeah, you know and then yeah. you're using that and it's like yeah. all of these different sources then it's like I, I love tracking back people's own influences even for myself it's like I got like the three joints of my own like you know like uh yeah inspiration artistically is like Anson Kiefer, Francis Bacon and Lucian Freud now I've been told by people like you need to add in more influences. It's just like, I'd only add them if it clicks, you know? Yeah. If they don't click, then I don't feel need to add them, you know? Well, those are some pretty fucking sick influences, man. I saw Lucian Freud before in Berlin in his, uh, the exhibition he did in the, the National Art Gallery in Berlin. And it was like haunting, man. Seriously cool though. And he would have had, I suppose, the influence of psychology as well from 
you know, Freud himself and Edward Bernays and all these guys. Actually, he didn't at all, man. He no, fucking really? had yeah. nothing to do with... Like the only him, thing yeah. that influenced him from his granddad was fucking his drawings of, like, biology that he used yeah, to do yeah. when he started out on his career. Like, yeah. But, well, uh, hmm. I guess how like even with, yeah. sorry, go ahead. Yeah, even with with his uh, his work, it's like he was influenced. Like he he used to paint very realistically, but flat. Mm. And then he looked at uh, Francis Bacon, who used marble dusts and all sorts in his paintings that created this thick texture. Yeah. You know, so like he took from that. So this who it am would influence. Like I like his kind of like, you know, representation of style. And then also as well, the thickness between Francis Bacon and him of this, like, you know, material that they mixed in with the paint. And then like, got Ansem Kiefer. I'm not sure if you know who Ansem Kiefer is, but he, he grew up after the war ended. So a lot of his in Germany and a lot of his work would be like, you know, he'd get like these, these, um, concrete boxes like huge like the size of buildings and stack them on top of each other and there'd be rubble everywhere and it's like that's going back to his childhood and then also as well he's like looking at German identity and when he first hit the I can remember he's doing some sort of art fair and everyone was calling him a Nazi because he was trying to track back where it came from in German society and because he was doing that people were calling him a Nazi and that's something that I yeah, but not only his aesthetic, but his conceptual side is very interesting to me because I'm very interested not only the working class thing, but Irish identity. It's like if you look at like Ireland throughout the years, it's like we're always a subordinate to most of our history is that we're being a subordinate to England, you know, and even in our own society now, you got like different classes that would identify, you know, they, they, they'd have they changed their accent not to sound Irish and stuff it's like yeah, yeah. this is all playing from the past now oh, I'm very interested as well it's like where does our political identities come from you know it's all come from our background you know and that's something like I, I'm a novice on it now I can't really properly speak on it yeah. but it's something that I really want to look into in the future and might take years hopefully I get to do some writing on it as well yeah that's well man that's all that's exactly kind of what I'm thinking in terms of that like it opens up a doorway to different places. I mean, like it's kind of like that guy doing that in post-war Germany that then you can, if you understand that you can get a little bit of what it was like to be there. You know what I mean? And it mm. allows you to like travel through different places to understand what it means to be a person in general. I think it's mm. this kind of, it's, it's educational, but educational in a way that, you can't really teach you know what i mean it's like the the, because it hits you on a level that's not conscious it's not something that you're like oh i'm Mm. thinking about this it hits you right like if if it affects you deeply it changes you in a way you don't understand Mm. and that's really what i aim at with art i'm not saying i can do it that i've actually ever managed to do it but that's what i'm looking for i'm trying to create that thing that can do that that can make people feel that connection to something larger than themselves because that just changes everything, man. It makes life so much more mm. worth living than like mm. the normal state of affairs that are pretty shite. And, like you have to fucking pay bills, sound right. eat fucking toast and stuff. <laughs> you know, like we we sound like right narcissists. Now, right? <laughs> yeah, we're the best. Woo. No, well, I don't know. It's aspirational. <laughs> I'm not saying I can fucking do it. All right, hands up. But uh, I'd like to do. That. No, I know. I guess what you mean. You're you're aiming for that. I think it's more so. It's like anything. You see someone else's work, and they they're doing it really well, and then you want to do the same. And at the start, you're just not getting it. Like you know, it might connect. It might not connect. It again. It's 
you know, and sometimes it just doesn't work for years. Like, you know, there's, there's, I, I think it's always great to look at people that didn't make it straight away and took years to, to get anywhere. And again, like, you know, it's like, like if you don't make it, as long as you try, that's all that matters. You know, it's like, like there's a, a great speech by Neil Gaiman and uh, he, he, he was like, make good art. He gave it to like a graduating year in some art college. And uh, yeah, he, he said that like, he did he did a commission for someone once and then like whatever happened the business folded and he was just left with this piece of art that he didn't like and he realizes like i'm never gonna do this again i'm only gonna that way if like if i don't sell it i have the art and that's why i always feel it's like i'm gonna just keep on making things i enjoy and if i end up just not being financially successful off it at least i still have the art and i also had this spent dedicated like a majority of my life doing something I love you know that way it's like that's that's all that matters that's where the meaning comes into it you know it's like there's some people and I can understand you know it's with the economy and stuff like that you know paying bills things like some people get trapped in that like rat race of just Mm. making money just to live and then there's some people that's just making money just to accumulate more money and it's just like unless you're doing something you enjoy there's there's no point and I don't see the point of doing that you know that way it's definitely a lot to think about. That's kind of, I, yeah, it's kind of, it's, it's a, such a balancing act, I think, with art that's trying to survive to do it and then do the work that you actually live to, to create. And I guess, yeah, I think that's a good place to kind of finish up with it. But I wanted to ask you, you know, what's next? What are you doing? What, what's on the horizon and where can people find it? Well, uh, Sean O'Rourke on Instagram, uh, Sean O'Rourke Artist on Instagram, and also as well, uh, I'm doing a print series at the moment, a uh, limited edition of 100, uh, This Is Not a Home, uh, which is a play on Henry Magritte's uh, This Is Not a Pipe. Yeah, uh, yeah I love that. So, Pictures a tent uh, yeah. taken from the canal, uh, painted on uh, mm. on metal, taken from a derelict flat block. But anyway, I did prints of, of that painting, and the... Uh, 20% of the proceeds will go to inner city helping homeless. So grab a print, help me and the charity out. And uh, also as well, I will be having an exhibition in Hang Tough on Lennox Street. That's next to Portobello on Culture Night, which is the 17th of, uh, of September. And if you happen to be in Switzerland, if you happen to be in Switzerland, I'll be doing a show at, uh, at the Lausanne Art Fair in switzerland on the 30th of september so if if you're around any of them spots go have a look hope you enjoy and uh buy a print there help out the homeless do it buy it now <laughs> come on to fuck give us some hard working man all right i appreciate sean thank you brother i hope you enjoyed that podcast interview and as always if you enjoy the podcast click the follow button on spotify or apple or wherever you're listening follow us along on instagram Definitely check out Sean on Instagram for his prints, for his upcoming projects. If you're in Switzerland, I mean, that's pretty sick. You should go check out his Switzerland art exhibition. But give him a follow on Instagram, get a couple of prints. And yeah, I hope this gives you a renewed appreciation of his work, which is always so deep and also relatable. So until next time, have a good one.